Good morning. Thank you for guys for listening to Otaku Beef. I'm Zid Raw. I'm your host. I still haven't said host with the most on any serious, serious level, a serious bent. So everything is going good. Um, I wanted to start off the morning by playing a little Kanye and Jay Z for a lot of reasons. One, Kanye is one of my favorite artists. I think that his stuff basically changed hip-hop his one of my major influences and one of the main reasons why I felt as if I could do what I really wanted to do in life and Jay-Z is one of the people who's just strategic mind and business acumen I admire and respect to a big degree and I love what he's doing kind of now at the uh, second half of his career and how he's actually kind of tying the rapping into that. But recently, things haven't been so great for Jay-Z and for Kanye West. I just watched a uh, brief documentary and it's on YouTube, but I believe it came out on... um, one of the uh, one of the news networks I can't remember not news networks one of the uh, entertainment networks but if you go to if you go to YouTube and you just type in Kanye West versus Jay-Z you'll get the documentary it's about an hour long and it it basically describes how Kanye West and Jay-Z used to be tight and then how they kind of fell off how we went from Kanye West coming out of nowhere, being a producer, having that great story, getting invited to work with Rockefeller, to him being on stage saying, Jay, call me. We're supposed to be friends. How come our kids can't play together? That type of stuff. And if you don't really want to be spoiled on the documentary, you know, I'd I'd advise kind of skipping past this part, but it's you know we kind of already know the story, but they, it just it's, it just had this really, um, really cool and interesting and kind of fascinating um, history in regards to these two guys, and it kind of gave me some insight into some stuff I didn't really know about Jay Z and Kanye West that. You know, I'm 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 100 happy to, of being of being aware of now. So, for example, apparently, Kanye wasn't as welcome into Rockefeller as they led us to believe, as Dame Dash led us to believe, as all these guys led us to believe. I mean, we knew he got he got shot down by every other company that he went to. You know, Atlantic. Def Jam, everybody, they loved his music, they loved his production, but they didn't like him rapping. And when eventually Rockefeller signed him, brought him into the fold, his album was on hold. They wouldn't let him release anything. He was trying to put it out, trying to put it out, trying to put it out. And the album being on hold is not the story that was told to us on the college dropout. Kanye framed it as if everyone else put him on hold, but Rockefeller was like, you can do anything. We believe in you. You got this, yay. And apparently that's not really the case. 
Kanye West tried to get his album out, tried to push it out, all this stuff, and then eventually he went and shot the music video for Through the Wire on his own dime. This is after his car accident. He's starting to get some um, people looking at what he was doing and stuff. After his car accident. And then he shot the video of uh, Through the Wire with his own money. Filmed it. Put it out himself. And he was not supposed to put that out. He was getting calls from uh, Rockefeller labels saying, Why do you put that out? What makes you think you're supposed to put that out? But... The video got so much attention and it was doing so well, they had no choice but to get on board. It almost reminds me of like it could have fit into that Defiant Ones documentary. Very interesting. In addition to the fact that Kanye didn't have the freedom that we had thought, and Rockefeller almost actively trying to hold him down. I don't mean hold him down. I mean, like, keep him down. They did this really good comparison about almost like the upbringing of Kanye West versus Jay-Z. How they found some old pictures where uh, Kanye, or old footage, actually, of Kanye West wearing his big glasses and uh, being interviewed and having this kind of almost nervous energy. And they're trying to basically portray the image that Kanye is actually more nerdy than he lets on. And they were interviewed one of um, uh, Jay-Z's old teachers from when he was very, very, very young, uh, talking about how he was skipped ahead because he was reading at such an advanced level. They were really trying to portray and show that Jay-Z was far more clever than he actually was. Like a borderline, if not factual genius. And what's so cool about that is that it really paints a picture of their almost extreme contrast while maintaining their extreme similarities. They're both very intensive artists. They're both incredibly brilliant guys. They're both genius level at their craft. Jay-Z rapping, Kanye producing, and then eventually rapping. And yet, one of them is very composed together. One of them is very nervous, almost nebbishy. And they couldn't be more different. And... Maybe that's what they were trying to get at because the documentary is almost trying to get at that Kanye West was this kind of like nerdy guy who never really fit in and he was trying to get the approval of the cool guys or the cool kids like Jay-Z and Dame Dash and all that stuff and that the cool guys would kind of keep him at arm's distance appreciating his work and liking the fact that he was making them look good but they weren't really trying to let him get his own shine. And I don't know how accurate that is, just in the sense that I have a hard time believing that Kanye West saw himself as lame or a loser, but maybe he did. He did say that there were times where he didn't really fit in, 
where he studied abroad or he lived abroad in, in China when he was a kid and came back knowing a little Chinese and then he was felt awkward. His parents were um, pretty well off, upper upper middle class. His mom uh, is a is a doctor has a doctorate in I believe English. She's a professor, stuff like that. Just little things, letting you know that Kanye had a different childhood. And I don't know if they were trying to portray that Kanye was privileged. And now this is what happens when privilege uh, rears its ugly head. There's an expectation of need, like you expect things to be given to you. and You expect that you're entitled to things. I mean, who knows? Maybe that is what's going on. Because Kanye West came from a suburban neighborhood, identifying with uh, African-American heritage and basically not fitting in, but wanting to fit in. Jay-Z came from a place where everybody that he lived with was dying, disenfranchised, struggling. He came from a very real, a very real impoverished location. And Kanye West, his background is different. And it's not to say that you have to be poor in order to uh, not have any struggles. And that once you have money, all your struggles go away. That's 100% not the case. But that almost becomes the narrative of the film. And that's one of the reasons why I found it so fascinating just for the simple fact that the film in its unbiased is almost leaning towards a certain bias. I try to think about it from my own perspective. How would I feel? In order to know how you would feel, you really have to know who you are. And I think that's where things kind of get interesting because Jay-Z and Kanye West really found a way into an untouchable world. Jay-Z, as according to the documentary, wasn't really pushing for it because he didn't really believe that there was immediate financial viability. When he was out hustling, he had money, he had stability, he had, in a sense, status, and he felt that the music industry was flighty, unreliable. People weren't checking for him despite his skill. He had a feeling that there was no sense of reality when it came to, are you genuinely a good rapper? So he could have taken it or leave it. I mean, he loves it and he appreciates it, but he didn't need it. Kanye West needed it. He had nothing else. He, he, wanted to be the rapper so badly. He loved it. He loved making beats. He loved making music. He'd been doing it forever. And the amount of skill that he was able to attain confounded him because he needed it. He needed to be in the music industry, but he, like Jay-Z, didn't understand why his level of skill wasn't getting him where he wanted to go. See what I'm saying? The same thing. Compare, contrast. One person could have taken or leaving it. One person had to have it, needed it. But they were both confused as to 
why aren't I being received by this community yet? Why aren't I being accepted? Why aren't I in this uh, rap arena yet? And that's fair. And I wonder how would I feel? How would I feel if it was me? Would I be like, yo, I 100% have to get in this game? Would I be like, yo, I deserve to be in the rap game because of my skill? Or would I say, hey, it'd be cool to be in the rap game, but if not, that's cool too because that's just sort of how, that's just sort of how it is. I'd like to think that I could take it or leave it, but I don't have that kind of like hustle status. And it's, it's, it's one of those things to, to be like, yeah, I can take it or leave it, but if you don't have anything else going on, what are you taking and what are you getting rid of? What, where are you really planting your flag? It's easy for someone like 2 Chains to say like, hey, I'm not getting a 360 deal because he did things that allowed him to have that financial stability and not everyone was able to do that. So how is it that Jay-Z and Kanye West are still coming, coming to these same con- similar conclusions but they're unable to really kind of get where they need to go. What would I do? Would I be so desperate that I would be banging down people's doors and being like, you got to listen, you got to listen, you got to listen? Or would I be like, it'd be nice to have and then have my own side hustle? There's a lesson there. And it almost makes me feel like you got to have a side hustle if you want to be sane. Because, yes, the music is everything. But you don't have to live like a pauper. You don't have to not feel that sense of success. You don't have to be rags to riches. Or, you know, rags to bitches, as they say in the boondocks. (laughs) Hashtag Riley. You can have a little bit of both. There's almost that sense of unreality, too. Because if you are a part of this industry... And it's this kind of like crazy weird industry where you don't know if you're going to be able to make it or you don't know if you're really going to be able to get in. How's that going to feel? How are you going to feel mentally? How would I feel financially not having and then wanting to have so bad? I think it's one of those weird instances where all we know is the success And because we know success, we think we know. But success doesn't necessarily mean success. So what what makes me feel almost like sad and almost upset when I see these type of things is the deterioration of the perception. And we all are told all the time that perception is not necessarily reality. We assume that because people work together and they're friendly with each other, that they're best friends. So if we like one rapper A, and then we also like rapper B, and then we see them in a picture shaking hands, we're like, that's right, Cole and Kendrick, they're best friends, they hang out all the time. I love those guys. And that's how we feel, because we're human. And we like when we see people that we admire for some aspect, whatever that may be, we like when they show mutual admiration. 
So seeing like the downfall or seeing conflict or discovering that they're not getting along, it's frustrating because also because we're human, whenever we see conflict, we naturally take sides. We're uncomfortable sitting in the middle and we're uncomfortable with other people sitting in the middle. That's why I think there's such a big problem with politics in general is that you can't really have any type of shades of gray nuanced opinion on anything because people don't know what to do with a nuanced opinion they don't know what to do with shades of gray they're like i need you to be for it or against it because the rest simply does not compute for me so when you have a difference of opinion, we'll say, and you have this conflict between two uh, rap legends, people automatically say, who do you side with? Do you side with Kanye or do you side with Jay-Z? And because you side with one person or another, the person on the other side assumes that you do so because you adopt the characteristics of that person. So if you prefer Kanye West over Jay-Z, well, they assume that you're a big loudmouth, you like to get your way, you dress weird, so forth and so on. And you may, but you may not. Maybe you just prefer his side within this particular conflict. And if you side with Jay-Z, people assume basically the opposite. They assume that you're very quiet, you sit back, you're super strategic, you're good with money and you're good with business. Maybe or may not. Maybe you just like him because he dates Beyonce. Maybe you just like the fact that he's careful in how he talks and you wish you could be like that. Maybe it's aspirational and not relatable. We don't know. But it doesn't matter because people aren't interested in the facts. They're interested in their perception of the facts. And that's it. So it becomes hard because people start taking sides and picking teams and so people are like team jay-z and people are like team kanye west when deep down a lot of people just wanted another watch the throne they wanted another niggas in paris they wanted one of those hits where they could just bump it and make it seem like yes we are doing this this is the power this is like our powers combined type deal and we are kind of taking over and that's what people want to see they want to see jay-z and kanye west back together in the studio kanye west finally being validated as an equal with jay-z and not just his little brother the whole the documentary went into that part of uh, the song big brother my big brother was big's brother you know what I'm saying? Like from graduation. And uh, it talked about how he was supposed to go to this event and then Jay-Z was being recognized and he got tickets for everybody except for Kanye West. And this was when Kanye West had made late registration already. He was on top of the world, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, and as he was on top of the world, he assumed that he and Jay-Z were peers. But Jay-Z did not seem to see it that way. Or it was people on his team or whomever. They were still Jay-Z way at the top. And Kanye approaching the top. But still, hey, you got to respect the man who's in charge. That is kind of how that song came about. Or that line from that song came about. 
But when Watch the Throne came around, it seemed like everything was all good. It seemed like they were buddies, like they were respected peers. I don't really know. I don't know what the future holds for these two because as it stands right now, apparently they don't really have not even just a, a, a working relationship. They don't have a friendly relationship. Kanye's threatened to take his stuff off title. He was going to take it off title and take a deal with Apple. But Jay-Z convinced him to stay on title all the while paying him the difference of that deal. Hence the diss of, I just gave Tanya 20 mil. He responded by giving me 20 minutes on stage. Jay-Z is basically throwing shots at Kanye. I don't even know if he's hoping that it'll come back. Apparently, they're not tight like Kanye wishes they were tight. Jay-Z dates Beyonce, one of the most respected women in the country. Kanye dates Kim Kardashian, one of the most famous women in the country, whom he just insists that people respect. And some people do. A lot of people do respect her as like a businesswoman and stuff, but a lot of people don't because of how she came into the industry with the whole Ray J sex tape and all that stuff. And it's just super wild because it almost may speak down to what the documentary was saying where all one person goes and gets their respect. One person tries to demand their respect and because they try and demand demand it, people resent them for it, almost hate them for it. And I think that that's kind of where the push and pull is coming from. And Kanye West is having a very rough time his mother passed in a very preventable, she was getting cosmetic surgery. He didn't think anything of it and she died, which is such a tragedy. I don't wish that on anybody. His wife got held at gunpoint, that crazy life-changing experience, which I'm sure keeps her up at night. She got robbed in Paris. He's pushed so many different people away. A lot of people say that he's manic depressive that he's crazy, that he's losing his mind, that he's losing his grip. But we all kind of like slide around it because of the brilliance of his art. Life of Pablo was a fucking brilliant album. And I think the crass, in-your-face nature was a part of the brilliance that would have been more accepted had he not made Yeezus. Yeezus, I think, was so jarring that people weren't really willing to kind of give it a chance. I think Life of Pablo is one of the better albums that came out. And uh, I played it quite a bit, actually. Still got some really good joints on there that year of uh, albums that came out. And some songs that I didn't originally like kind of grew on me. But we don't really know exactly what's to be made of their relationship going forward. Jay-Z just came out with this brilliant album, 444 best album he's put out in forever Magna Carta had a couple of good sounding songs, the rhymes were kind of okay not so, not, not so intricate and interesting it's almost as if he's saying, I have my rock nation now I have my team, I don't need Kanye people on Kanye's team aren't as respected as people on Jay-Z's team, except for Big Sean and even he kind of gets overlooked Designer, people aren't respecting him like that, despite how good that Panda song is. And by good, I mean, you know, great beat. Makes you really, it, it accomplishes what it sets out to do. Common hasn't really 
come out and killing people. He's been acting, killing it in the acting game. Kid Cudi left. I think it's just a difference of perspectives. Pusha T is killing it. But I feel like there's still just almost the cohesion of Rock Nation is not quite there as it is in good music. In good music, and I feel that's probably why Vic Mensa went to um, Rock Nation instead of good music, or maybe he just vibed better with Jay Z. I don't know, and I always wonder if I'm picking my side and I'm deciding where do I want to go? Do I want to go to good music or do I want to go to Rock Nation? I like the Rock Nation artists quite a bit. But I really love good music, and I love Kanye's catalog, and I love some of his artists too. You don't really know on the outside looking in, and I think that's what's so important about this documentary. So I advise everyone to take a look at it. Look for Jay Z versus Kanye on YouTube. I saw it like last week. Great watch. Check it out. Thank you for listening to Otaku Beef. I'm Zid Rawls, E-I-D-R-A-D, aspiring rapper, aspiring otaku, and aspiring human being. I hope you enjoyed that little back and forth I had with my own brain about the whole Jay-Z Kanye documentary. You should definitely check that out. That was a really fun watch. Seeing a different side of those two artists I thought was super duper fly. And kind of sitting and pondering and wondering, like, what's the real story? Man, it's crazy. So, yeah, um, just look up Jay-Z vs. Kanye on YouTube. That's not the official name of the documentary, but it'll be, like, your top one or two hits. Uh, it's really good, and uh, I highly recommend it. So, now I'm going to talk about me. <laughs> one, because I can, because it's my show, and two, it's fun. I am actually leaving leaving work right now i'm going home and i need to lay down this verse i was supposed to lay it down last night and i did not have an opportunity so i woke up a little bit frustrated trying to uh kind of get everything in and get everything ready to go so instead i was making sure i was focusing on it and everything like that and i'm getting um I was kind of getting all of my verses uh, ready during my lunch my lunch break. I, for those of you who don't know, and you're wondering about, you want to do something that's not the job you're doing, and you're like, I don't have time. I don't buy that. You got time. I rarely eat lunch with my coworkers. I'm always either making a beat which I do on my iPad when I'm at the office because I don't want to take my, I, I don't have my laptop yet. Or I'm writing something. For the moment, hold on, you're not going to be able to hear me for a second. We got the popo over here. So I have to act a little bit more restrained. And he's wearing his big hat, so you know he means business. So, I'm either doing that, or I'm writing rhymes, or I'm working on some artwork for um, one of the cover arts for one of the songs. But the the key is, I'm always 
doing something during my downtime because trying to get something accomplished is worth more to me than having a fun conversation with some friends over, you know, Panda Express, which I love, and I love the homies, I love everybody, but I got to prioritize. I get home after work. It means I don't go to as many events. Sometimes I can't do things because I'm laying down a verse. Like, though, tonight I am going to be doing some work. The homie and I, we're working on his Patreon video. So I'm going to be over at his crib tonight. So, yeah, check out the SoundCloud, which is uh, ZidRaw, Z-I-D-R-A-W, all one word on SoundCloud. And I'm going to be SoundCloud. (laughs) He's trying to figure out what we're going to do for this video and everything. But we're going to definitely upload, or we're going to definitely record and extract it so he can do his edits and kind of put together pieces of whatever he wants. Um, but yeah, I'm about to go and I'm about to load down this verse. It's been in my, my body and my soul for so long. I have some stuff for Sultan Air that I've already recorded and re-recorded. Um, I feel like I want to record it again, but I may just be being picky. Maybe I just need to turn the volume up to give it some more impact or something. Something like that. But yeah, I mean I'm just I'm I'm working. I'm I'm trying to put in put in as much work as possible, trying to push as hard as possible because it's fun to say that I'm an inspiring rapper, inspiring otaku, inspiring human being, but sometimes you just want to say, yo, I'm a rapper and an otaku. I don't mind being an inspiring human being. I feel like that that's truth. So So yeah, like I'm going to go in, I'm going to put on this verse, uh, I got I got two verses for the song, and then one like half verse, which I'm going to throw on at the end, I already have the cover art done for the for the song, I'm, I'm really excited, it's called Android Mosquito, and uh, I plan on putting it out, if not this week, then next week, but as soon as it's done, you know, I'm Zid Raw, love, peace. Yo, what's going on, this is Zid Raw, Z-I-D-R-V, this is Otaku Beef, I'm just leaving if you were on snapchat you would know that we were filming uh the patreon for my my buddy's uh, twitch channel he goes by wtf underscore is underscore juice underscore and i actually have him on the podcast talking about overwatch and one of the earlier ones um so i wanted to relay something to you guys about just kind of getting started because I feel like that's what holds everyone back. I have another buddy, he wants to make movies, he wants to do funny videos, and it seems like everyone is so scared to start. And the buddy's house I just left, he's not scared to start. But yet, doing his Patreon, he was still scared to start. We were supposed to film this video months ago. Months. And so, earlier in the week, I was just like, yo, when are we filming this video? You gotta get it up. You got to get the footage. You got to just put it out. You got to try. You got to do it. He just needed just a little push to kind of get going. And I wanted to get on here not to say like, oh, yeah, I was able to push my friend. So he was able to do what he needed to do. Aren't I so amazing? Isn't he so amazing? That's not really what I'm getting at here. What I'm getting at or what I'm trying to get at is I hope that maybe I can use this couple of minutes and just kind of give you your own push. Because I feel like I'm surrounded by all of these very, very talented, very creative people who feel like they're not allowed to be creative or they're not allowed to create. Like there's some sort of like 
time limit or there's some sort of like wall or barrier that doesn't give them permission to do what they want to do. And everybody says that they can do it. No, no, no. I know I can do whatever I want, but you can't go by what people say. I got to go by your actions. You're telling me that you want to do funny videos online. Great. Take your cell phone, get on Snapchat, get on Instagram, make some funny videos, do some stuff. Take like 30 minutes every day. Do one video. Yeah, but it's not going to be funny or I'm not, I'm not great at it yet or I'm not going to have any followers. I don't have anyone that's looking so forth and so on. And it's not that they're making excuses because they don't want to do it. It's like they feel like they can't. They feel like they're not worthy. And I really want to impress this upon you guys who are listening because in addition to all this stuff, because I know what it's like when you're aspiring to something and you have a million people telling you why your aspirations are ridiculous. They're telling you why your aspirations are childish, why you need to switch aspirations, why, oh, well, you're a girl, you shouldn't do that. Only guys do that. Oh, you're old, you shouldn't do that. Only young people do that. Oh, you're young, you're not wise enough to do that. Everybody telling everybody else why they're going to fail before they even try is one of my most hated things about this life period because it's like people just they almost want to hold people back or they just they want to coddle people they don't want people to take chances they don't want people to try they want everybody to just live in this like boring malaise of safe but that's not what it, what's going to get people where they want to go. The best things come when you take those risks, those, those, those chances. Like, oh, I'm worried that my dad's going to see it and I'm going to be embarrassed. Oh, I want to be... Like, can you imagine wanting to be a model and you don't put anything out because you're worried that... You're worried that your uncle is going to see your video on Instagram, you're like, well, everyone's like, yeah, start putting up images on Instagram and videos on Instagram, so forth and so on. And you don't do it because you're worried that your uncle or your cousin is going to see it or your teacher. And so because of that, you play it safe. You don't do anything. And then you don't try to be a model. And the next thing you know, five years go by and you wish you had tried. And then you're like, well, you don't do it then because now you're 27. And you're like, I'm much too old to be a model but you're just holding yourself back. Don't wait for permission. And if you are, I'm giving you permission right now. Me, Zid, do what you gotta do, man. So thank you guys once again for listening to the podcast. I'm having a lot of fun making these. Um, I'm not so hard on myself anymore when it comes to putting these out because I'm realizing that my time is very valuable too. Even though I'm not a millionaire, even though I'm not making six figures a year, there's value in what I do because every, every moment that I'm not pushing is a moment I could be pushing. You never know. So I 100% am just going to keep tackling and talking about little random things that interest me. Every now and then I'll do a deep dive like I did with Lord of the Rings. If you haven't listened to that one, 
I highly recommend it. That's one of my favorites. I think it's a pretty strong episode. Um, or if you just want to hear Game of Thrones podcast, I'm talking about and recapping all the episodes every single uh, Sunday after the episode airs. And if you just want to know what's going on with me, you know, I appreciate and I love you guys. I really thank you for listening to uh, to everything. And it's just a, it's a super I'm super fortunate that anyone would take any any of their time out of their day to listen to anything that I have to say, because I'm just a guy. I'm just somebody who's out there who's trying to do what he wants to do, working in like a corporate world where it's boring to me. Uh, some of the stuff where I'm trying to learn that's interesting, they kind of put on the back burner so you can keep doing the same boring, repetitive tasks because that's really all they care about. They only care about the immediate future. And it's no diss on them, but that's kind of the reality. That's how corporations are set up. Um, I have friends who are very well off and they're not happy in their jobs. And I just want everybody to be doing something that they love because I don't wish that kind of frustration and pain and agitation on anybody. I really don't. I want everybody to have whatever it is that they're wanting in this life that's really going to make them happy. Uh, I try to push everybody, and that's also that's one of my strengths, also one of my faults, where sometimes people just want to just be, and I want people to be more. But you know, that's my strength too. When 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 they need it, I'm there. When they don't need it, I'm also there. So it can be a little bit of annoying. So I'm just going to keep throwing that out there on this podcast because you may not need anybody to tell you that, yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you can start something today. But there may come a time in a week or two weeks or or a couple of months where you do want somebody to tell you, you know what? Don't give up. You can do it. Life is awesome. You just have to figure out how to make it awesome for yourself. And I'm just going to keep shouting out at the top of the roofs. That's stuff that I learned from my dad. That's stuff that I learned from uh, some of the people that I admire, people in the media, from my girl, from, from my friends. I have a lot of heroes and I'm hoping that you can be directed to be like, today is a day I'm just going to fucking just do whatever it is that I wanted, wanted, been putting off for, for, for two years. I'm going to fucking start buying a backpack and start going on hikes so that I can go and be a backpacker for a couple of years. I'm going to start learning French so that I can go to France and be a baker. I'm going to start going to open mics so that I can start doing my stand-up because perfection before you even begin is just not not gonna happen it's just it's irrational it, it holds you back you gotta just take a chance you gotta bet on yourself you have to really put yourself out there because failure is the most beautiful thing in this world when you fail you fail because you went for it and there are so many people that didn't go for it that you're already ahead of them. You're beyond kind of the basic startup and setup for where they're at. So failure is good. Effort and trying is good. It's beautiful. It's lovely. And I, I really want all you guys to take that first step, to make that first um Make that first kind of leap to try and get where you're wanting to go. And just like I'm going to be on here every day, as often as I possibly can, giving you an hour or giving you 10 minutes, something, I want you guys to know that I'm always rooting for you, no matter what it is that you're wanting to do, as long, you know what I mean, Uh, just go after it. 
Go after it. Try because you can do it. You may be surprised what you can come up with. And the more you try, the better you are at trying. And that's how you succeed. So I'm Zid Raw. Find me on Snapchat, D-I-D-R-I-W. Instagram, Zid Raw the Wizard. Twitter, the Zid Raw. I love you.